What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode 11 of Beyond the Smokestacks. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Christian Smith. What's up, Christian? How'd it do? How'd it do? And my boy, that boy, Dobby. What's good? Sweating. And our special guest, Lorenzo. How you feel? How you feeling today, Lorenzo? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on tonight, guys. Yeah, no problem, no problem. All right, so Lorenzo, you're new, so we gotta sh- we gotta we gotta, we gotta put you through these rapid fire questions real quick. All right. All right, let's do it. All right, we want to hear who your favorite current NYCFC player is. Well, current right now it's got to be Gabby Perea. I feel like this this is uh, the second year usually for uh, foreign uh, players, especially the talent ones. Second year is usually their uh, their make and break uh, season, you know. So I'm excited for what he has in store for this season, you know. All right, GP's a GP's a popular answer in the podcast. Uh, all right, so then let's, let's parlay that. Who's your favorite all time NYCFC player? Ooh, favorite all time. Uh, it's got to be Tati, you know. I was there when he was uh, with us uh, for day one. Uh, for twenty, uh, when he uh, when he signed up for us in twenty eighteen, and I stuck by him, and he never let me down. Yeah, man also Tati. got us a star, so I can't say much. Put the team on Tati's his back. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Third question: Favorite kit that NYCFC has worn? Hmm. It's a two-way tie for me. It's uh, the 2018 home kit. You know, I like it for the simplicity of it. And uh, 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 our, our new home kit with the mosaic design feels more locally designed, you know? Yeah, it feels more authentically NYC. Yeah. The 2018 is the one with the racing stripe on it, right? No. It's 2019. Uh, that's 2019, yeah. Was t- was oh. was twenty eighteen that baby blue one with the little bit orange twinge in the sleeve? Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the navy blue piping on it, I believe. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the New York City jock tag down at the bottom. Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I see that jersey, all, all I think of for some reason is Jesus Medina. That's all. I, that's all I see when I see, when I see that jersey. It's I, a nice. I, I just see Jesus under- Medina. I don't know why. Underrated. I feel like that kit is underrated. I feel like that like that 2017, 2018 home kit. I really do feel it's underrated. Like, like it's not my favorite, but it's 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 tidy. It's clean. I like the navy blue piping. I like the small like. Uh, I like the navy blue shorts on it. You, you know what it makes me think of? It may, I think of Rodney Wallace every single time I see it. That's the player who I associate with it. The Rod. I think of Jack Harrison. I just think of Jack Harrison. Yeah, Jack Harrison too. It's a good show. Usually, I think of Maxi when uh, when he first arrived for us. Yeah, twenty seventeen was Maxi's first year. I completely forgot yep. that. Um, yeah, no, uh, six years ago now. Yeah, and a legend was born. Yeah. All right, so um, we uh got our first win of the season. Uh, we are one one and one on the season, correct? 
That's correct. All right. And Waller a goal. Moving on to uh, yeah, one one and one with one goal scored, one 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 goal scored by the opponent gifted to us, and then how many how many goals we conceded? Three. Three. So Ooh. yeah, three. Two, yeah, three. Yeah, three. Yeah, three. Yeah, two, yeah, two, two against yeah, Nashville, three. one against uh, one against Chicago. Chicago. Um, yeah. and then now we welcome DC United into the confines of Yankee Stadium. Um, last time that we saw DC at home was at Red Bull Arena. Um, back in August of 22, it was a 2-1 defeat. Um, but it was at RBA. It was not a, it was not a Yankee Stadium or City Field. Um, that game saw uh, Kai Kamara uh, score a goal early in the first half. Um, and then it saw um, Steve Birnbaum, uh, a longtime center back for DC United. Um, I went back and watched replay of the, of, of the goal, and the, the goal looks nearly identical to uh, to how we've been scored on during our set pieces during this season. It was hit back post. Nobody's covering him. He comes in, heads the ball down, back of the net, bada-bing, bada-boom. Um, it seems that we have a uh, – this is showing a history of, of not tracking back post runners and leaving important players unmarked. Um, and then Bear scored a uh, typical Bear goal in, in, in between the uh, penalty stripe and the six-yard box. Ball gets served into him by Malte Amundsen. He hits the ball in the back of the net, takes the deflection off the defender, goes in the back of the net. Um, so that was a 2-1 defeat to Red Bull uh, at Red Bull against DC United. Um, all t- is, is that the last time Malte was you know, contributed to a goal for this club? Is that I the last time? I do not know that. I do not know it that. Might have been. Might have been. Could have been. Because uh, like, what, what month did it take place in? What month was that game? August. August. At very end of August. August 31st. Yeah, and that's like um, right. That's right before the Campeones Cup, like that late season turnaround. It was, it was, like, it was like a few games starter. before. It, yeah. Yeah. It was like a few so, games before it. It might have been. Um, the, the, so you, you guys want to hear some fucking shit. Uh, you want to hear the lineup that we that we put on the field against DC United in this game? We had Malty Amundsen at left back. We had Chano at left center back. Tavon at right center back. Tanner Holm at right back. Sean Annette. We had Hack and Acevedo as the double pivot. With Talis on the left. Gabi on the right. Um, Santi at the 10 and a bear up top. That, that was what we walked into this match with. The idea of Hawk and uh, Acevedo sharing, the uh, uh, like being a double pivot is just... No, it's, nauseating? It's inducing, a gag. it's inducing a gag like reflex right now. It's it, it, like it really is. It's... Ugh. Yeah, so when you look at the two... The, the, the two-run result tells you uh, tells you one thing, but then you look at the lineup, that tells you a completely different story. It tells you why it was 2-1. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even, no, you know, even, even with that lineup, I think on paper you should expect to win against DC, especially last year's DC. Yeah. But... Yeah, so... Um, so at Yankee Stadium, we are five wins, zero losses, and two draws against DC United. All time. We have not lost to them in the confines of Yankee Stadium. We've drawn them twice. Both both draws happened back in like I think like the seventeen eighteen or sixteen seventeen season. It was a while ago. Um, and uh, recent form for for DC, they they uh, they won their first match of the season against Toronto three two against uh, the Snake uh, Sean Johnson. Uh, then they went and uh, uh, shit the bed, lost two zero to Columbus, and then uh, re- most recently drew Orlando City one one. Uh, so they're at the exact same spot in the table as we are with points. Um, and ve- they're very much a team that they started hot and then they've kind of, uh, trailed off a little bit. Um, th- they're definitely, uh, they're definitely receiving more, 
more goal support than we are. Uh, Benteke has a goal this season. Uh, their holding midfielder, uh, Durkin, has a goal. Their new new midfielder, uh, I don't know, I might attempt to pronounce his first name, but uh, Gleish is his last name. Um, it, he has a goal. And then this uh, this little rookie sensation, I guess, early season sensation, Ted uh, DiPietro um, has a goal and assist on the season so far. He's like their leading point person uh, so far, but he, I don't think he starts. I think he comes on as a super sub. Um, and then their goalkeeper is, uh, we might remember, uh, Tyler Miller. Um, he was, uh, he's kind of bounced around the league. He was most recently for a few seasons was with Minnesota United. Um, but they're, 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 I mean, I know Davi hinted at the fact that they were not great last season, but they're very much a new team. Uh, they have a lot of new pieces. Um, they, they kind of did like a, a, I think they overhauled their roster as much or slightly less than, than NYCFC did this season. They, 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 I mean, (laughs) fucking, we took one of them. (laughs) Tony Alfaro is here. Um, but, uh, they, they kind of, he he captained DC for one game and was taken off. Yeah. So we, they, they ripped (laughs) up their, they ripped up their roster and and completely almost, almost started brand new. They have a couple of players who are, I mean, obviously like they're. Um, like uh, Steve Birdbaum is still there, and uh, Wait, Wayne Rooney's first full season at the club. Yeah, so Wayne Rooney, a player. I mean, if you, I, mean, I hope nobody's unfamiliar with, but he, I mean, he was a player for DC, player over in Europe for a long time for Manchester United. Um, played for DC. We played against him, and then now he's uh, come back for, after Derby County to be a coach. Um, Toffee too. So, uh, I mean, how 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 are we feeling? Kind of uh, rolling into this into this game against DC this weekend. Lorenzo, you want to start? Lorenzo, how you feeling about DC this week? Well, well, I feel I feel confident enough that we could uh, that we can uh, get a dub again, but it's also not gonna be pre- it's not gonna be like a pretty game like uh, how we had with Miami and whatnot. Uh, I feel like um, you know, I mean, given our front three problem right now, uh, not front three, well, rather just our nine position problem right now. Uh, it's still up in the air to see who who's going to be our bona fide goal scorer for this game. But uh, I, I say I say we have a good chance against DC. Plus, uh, you said it yourself. This is a new DC squad, so I'm betting these guys have never experienced our fortress that is Yankee Stadium. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm hoping for a two nil win on this one. Go nice. pop the cherry. I, I I agree with Lorenzo. I think we're going to have an easy time with this game. And, um, uh, you know, coming off of like, a, you know, a bit of a bittersweet, underwhelming 1-0 victory over Miami where we created a bunch of chances, but the only ch- chance that actually went in was off of their player's boot. Uh, I think that we're going to come out hungry. I think given how this season started with the 0-2 loss to Nashville start the season and a 1-1 draw against Chicago on the road, I feel a two-game homestand is exactly what the doctor ordered, you know, for this team to put itself into high gear. Um, I'm, ex- uh, you know, maybe like I'm jumping a little bit too ahead in the conversation, but I do expect some tactical changes maybe going into this game, considering how the first three have gone as far as a goal scoring perspective is, is concerned. And I wouldn't be surprised if this next week, uh, the, um, this next fixture at rather, will see Cushing employ the 3-4-3. I think this is the game to do it. I think, uh, you know, uh, DC, as you alluded to, Joe, is a bit of a new team as far as, like, the squad itself is concerned. You know, you're, you've got a lot of guys who 
haven't yet developed that chemistry. And I think by smothering them, especially in those wide areas and the tight confines of Yankee Stadium, I think that is a recipe for success, in my opinion. I think if you run front three of Santi, Talas, and Gabby, I think that'll create tons of chances. And then, uh, you know, advanced Kufre and, um, uh, and Micha uh, into those advanced roles, more advanced wide midfielder wingback roles, I think, uh, I think NYCFC is in with a good chance this weekend. Dobby? Should be winning this game realistically. I mean, you know, they they haven't been to Yankee Stadium as a new team, so I think uh, we should we should definitely be winning this game, especially uh, how we played last week. Uh, unlucky not to get more than one goal um, last week, uh, but at the same time, some poor finishing from some of our guys, but uh, I, think, uh, I think we'd be much more worried if we weren't creating the chances just like you know just like in the Nashville game where we didn't create any chances and we, we were just left out to dry and die essentially um, uh, I, I think um, if you finish your chances um, I don't think you, you'd probably be complaining but um, no, I think uh, creating the chances that, that that's, that's a very good sign of things to come from this team you know, this team's still lacking a striker uh, I'm not going to stop bringing that up until we actually fucking sign somebody so um so hopefully um hopefully these guys could actually find their shooting boots and get some goals uh i won't be at the game unfortunately uh but hopefully uh i mean i'm expecting uh, a very comfortable uh result uh against the dc team that's uh it's in a rebuild uh not not a great team had a terrible year last season but um you know i i just think uh, i just think we should be able we should be able to get the three points here yeah. So uh, I, uh, oh, oh yeah. No, I was just gonna say I watched that game back and yeah, that uh, game against Miami back. It's just it's 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 crazy that we didn't score at least four goals in that game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just I went back and looked at some. Oh, they were just on fire. I went back and looked at some because uh, I looked like at the history of the of the uh, the fixture. Um, with with the overturn rate, I mean, we still have players that have been around for a while, but with the overturn rate, um. Uh, we have the only people who played a significant amount of matches against DC. We have Maxime Cheneau has played 12 matches against them, so he kind of knows what to expect from them. Um, James Sands has played against eight matches against them, and then Keaton Parks has played six matches against them. This is MLS play. Um, not, I mean, I, I think we've only seen them once in uh, in Open Cup play. Um, Did we but, have faced them in the Open Cup? I think we played, played them one year. I think we played them in the Open Cup. I think we won. I think it was it was it was it was during the Rooney era. I think we beat them in the Open Cup um, to advance to a new yeah yeah we beat them two one in Audi Field yeah yeah I remember that game. Um, so I mean at least at least the players on our spine have experience playing against playing against DC United. Um, they don't they don't necessarily have the production, but they have the they have the experience. Then you look at the production, and our leading goal score our leading active goal scorer against DC United is Keaton Parks. Um, he scored two goals against them in six games played. Um, so, I mean, looking at in a third of the games he's played against them, he's, he's, he's gotten on the score sheet. Um, Thiago Andrade, who hasn't gotten a lot of burn lately, only played four games against him, scored two goals. Um, he finds a way to put the ball in the back of the net against DC United. Um, I guess... Uh, the, one, of them, one of them was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, so the yeah. NYCFC socials blasted out his wonder run, his wonderful like, half-field run um, at Red Bull Arena, where he, he runs. And not, not only that, they also they also uh, reposted the 2021 highlights when we absolutely smacked them six 0 
Yeah. Um, but I mean, mm-hmm. everyone should. Everyone's gonna remember if they were there, whether they watched on TV, the 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 Tiago Andrade run where he outpaces Donovan Pines um, with pu- just pure pace, c- cuts it back with his right foot onto his left foot, dribbles inside, hits it with his left foot, clips off Billamid's foot or hand or whatever, nestles into the far post. Like everyone's that. Like if you close your eyes, you can you can re- replay that, that that goal in your head. Um, and then after that, I mean, uh, I mean, I know Multi has Multi has no prospects of seeing the field anytime soon, but he does have three. He has three assists in four matches against them. So I mean, he finds DC is like Multi's like that's the game where he rises up and and, and kind of produces. I, I'm, I'm listening to these stats that's back, hard. and I'm just like, if Keaton Parks is your all-time goal scorer against anybody, that's a very bad thing because <laughs> uh, we all like Keaton Parks here. I think everybody in NYCFC fandom likes Keaton Parks, like his body of work. A finisher, he is not. He has missed some. Co- he has had some comical misses. Like they border dude, on. He just, like, dude, he just he just had a miss against Miami. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 the way he misses shots is is funny to me. Like sometimes, like I I can't help but laugh. And Thiago, you know, God bless his soul for being as athletic and as fast as he is, but he is also not a clinical goal scorer. So that also worries me. And do, Melba, do, do you guys remember that? Uh, <laughs> do you guys remember that that header? That header uh, Keaton Parks had against the Red Bulls, and he just fucking missed it too, like two yards out of in front of goal. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, that was so horrible. Multi three assists in four games, and then Tavon Gray uh, one assist in two games. So I mean, these are not like our star players who are who have stats against this team. Like it tends to be our it tends to be our peripheral players who who rise up against this club. Um, I went back and watched the the, the match highlights of the of the uh, August thirty first loss, and like this was like. Uh, Talis got it. I think Talis got in at striker, or he was sometimes playing up top. And he, this was a game where Talis just looked absolutely lost against against DC at Red Bull. Like he just, he did not have it that day. Um, it was just, it was really, it, was, it felt like I was watching like a game from this season. Like I was just like, I was watching Talis, and I was just like, yeah, I feel like I'm watching a 20, the 2023 version of Talis in this game because he just looks completely lost and can't do anything. He's looked lost since Tati's departure. Well, it's because he's been playing the nine since Tati's departure, and that's not his spot. It's not. He's never going to be. It's not his skill set. Put him out in the wing. He's great there. Not according to Cushing and his staff, but okay. So I know I know that this next this next topic is going to be a little bit of a hot button issue um, with uh, with with the with the fan base and specifically with this podcast. But um, I consider <laughs> I consider DC United part of the um, I ninety five rivalry. Um, with uh, with all the teams up here in the Northeast, how, how do you guys feel about about uh, considering DC United? Um, uh, the enemy of the enemy is my friend, so I like these guys. I, I, here, here's the thing: I don't even like do like an enemy of my enemy is my friend type thing. I think DC has just been, for the most part, except maybe like one season, just so fucking irrelevant since we got into the league that like I just don't take. I need to take you at least somewhat seriously in order to continue. Like in order to consider you a rival, that's why I don't. I've never considered Orlando to be a rival. I just don't take them seriously because more often than not, they're missing the playoffs. Every I play, totally like, agree like, with that. I, guess, I, I, I really like, totally agree with it. Yeah, like, like like the only two teams, in my opinion, that fit the rivalry billing for NYCFC are the Red Bulls and Philadelphia. Everybody else is just everybody else. Like that's just how I feel. I don't give a shit about LAFC. I don't care about Toronto. I don't care about DC, especially. Yeah, I don't care cup about for both of them, huh? Raw Wara Cup for both of them. Uh, whatever, and I don't care about Orlando either. Like, like I just, and I don't even necessarily care about the Revs either. I've I've seen some like forced like Revs like rivalry talk, and I'm just like, 
Well, cool. I mean, it's cool. the, with the Rebs. It's I mean, just the state of New York. We'll talk about them, but with, with the, it's the Boston thing. It's the it's the proximity thing because they're one of the next closest clubs to us. And also, we have some recency with them with with the 2021 Eastern Conference Final. Like it's there's a little bit there. Eastern Conference semifinal. Sorry, Eastern Conference semifinal. Yeah, but that game was relatively uncontroversial and just kind of came and went. I mean, it was it was triumphant for us. We won in but... PKs. What do you mean relatively? That's not controversial. That's not controversial. PKs are controversial. I hate to break it to you. PKs are controversial. Well, they're part of the game. Nobody's oh. complaining. Uh, how, how are they controversial? They're part of the game. Because it's PKs. Some people believe nobody... some people believe PKs don't belong in the game of soccer. That's what some people. No. Think. First off, we outplayed them. They were fortunate enough to even get to PKs in that game. They were fortunate. They were fortunate. We we out we played them off the fucking. I think, I think arguably you could you could say we outplayed them in all four yeah. games in twenty twenty one. No New England fan is looking back on that game and said, "Damn, we should have won that game." Everybody in that fandom f- feels accepted lucky. it. Uh, it feels lucky to have gotten to PKs in that game, and that's only because Tati got sent off in extra time. They they, they had yeah. no business being in that game. Uh, like, like there's just. There's not enough there. Like, yeah, they were our first home game, but I mean, outside of that, I just, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> to be compl- to be fairly honest, like, I don't give a fuck about DC or New England. Like, I just, because like, there's just there, in my opinion, like, rivalry should be organic, and people can like complain about like the Red Bull. Oh, it's a manufactured rivalry. No, it's not because we're both sharing the same exact market. And we're competing for the same exact people. It, like in the same in the same league that's growing and it's it's going eventually to be divided. Prob- and, we're just, and we're just better than them. Uh, but I mean, like, 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 but that that's a that's an organic rubber because like there's there's stakes. We have a stake in that. Like the Philly thing, I never considered Philadelphia a rival until 2021, and now it feels about as real as Red Bull because now every single time we go up against them, I want to beat the I want to beat them into submission. I want to twist them like you know like you know like one of those things you put on bread like a twist tie. Like, 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 I, I just, I, I want to fuck him up. Yeah, but also, the New, England, the New England game. I just want the city to burn, to be honest. The uh, with the New England, the, the amplified stakes were that they were the they were the record-setting Shield winners, and we went in sure, there. Sure, but they got played off the pitch. <laughs> I know, but that that, that, that amplifies like the fact that we went in there and won in my PKs. They were the record-setting. Like it just it, it creates the storylines of a rivalry. You could, you could say you could say in 2021 we arguably outplayed New England all four games. In all four games, we were just unlucky in. In, in the two times that we lost to them, right. we were unlucky. We're talking a lot about New England. Let's save the New England shit for a few weeks. Lorenzo, 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 do you consider DC United and or New England Revolution a rival to this club? Uh, uh, no. You guys, DC, no. Personally, it's more of a, you know, it's like uh, my enemy, my enemy the enemy of my enemy is, is my friend kind of rivalry with DC. And they're just there, right? Yeah, they're just there. They just exist to me, you know. What about uh, what about the revs? What about the revs? The revs, personally, most of the players in that rev squad are long gone by now. So basically, it's mainly some diehard, some like a uh, uh, like a like I would say a, a decent group of hardcore rev fans. I would say like forty of them consider us a ri- consider us a rival. Me, it's the same thing as DC. I just view them as they just they're just there, you know. It, yeah, because I don't want to force like the whole like New York Boston thing because there's a reason why there's rivalries in sports. The, the Boston Red Sox and the Yankees go back centuries and have hey, this 
and have this rich history amongst each other that started with Babe Ruth in the in, in the early 1910s and late 1910s rather the 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 Boston Celtics and the New York Knicks were have been pounding it out for you know that's Jets Patriots Giants Patriots yeah but, the, the, but I, I'm not, uh, I don't uh, want to talk too much about the Rams but they they, they they have the West they have West, West Nyack Messi over there now who cares <laughs> fuck Tommy Mac <laughs> oh. But uh, I will not stand Hershey, for I will, I will not stand for fucking Tommy Mac. I like that guy. Tommy Mac is an average, mediocre player with a decent right foot who can fire off a worldie. Outside of that, he is a very unimpressive player. I'm sorry. Let's call it what it is. Thank you for your service. Thank you for the bangers. Thank you for the memories. Other than that, you were completely forgettable. Uh, so would you say? So would you say him playing with David Villa and Jack Harrison made him look like a better player? Yes, 100. percent of course, David V and Jack Harrison didn't score the bangers. He did. I mean, I mean, but the thing is, he he looked. Well, he, serviceable. Played, he played in the front three with him. He, he looked serviceable as part of a unit with those players. Like, like, like he's not. He's a typical MLS journeyman player. Like, listen, like I said, thank you for the memories. But outside of that, you know, like, by the way, he's a, he only scored one goal before joining us in 2015, and then he tore his ACL. Yeah, but like outside of that, like, thank you. Because he was playing for Bye. fucking Chivas. I didn't miss Tommy Mac when he was gone. Like I, like I, I wasn't like I have never once like looked looked at this team. Like what, when did he leave? Like after 2018 was that his last season with yeah, us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I've never once since 2018 looked at my squad and said, "Hmm, you know what this team is missing? Tommy McNamara." Never. I've never even considered him a factor. And by the time he- by the time 2017 came around, he was kind of being phased out little by little. Yeah. Also, 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 Gabby already clowned him last year. Uh, we, we remember like what happened last year when Tommy Mack made that backwards pass, and then Gabby danced around everybody, and then Tommy just comes in like a fucking wrecking ball after Gabby's already gotten the shot and just cleans him out. Would have been a red card had he still had the ball, but you know, yeah, uh, good shit, Tommy. All right, so yes, yeah, so the first twenty twenty three match. This is the first twenty three twenty three match of the I ninety five rivalry. Um, what are we, um, so I'll I, call it that, <laughs> it's, it's the I-95, it's not, so when I say I-95 rivalry, I don't, I don't just mean with them, I mean all the clubs up the I-95 corridor, which is yeah, like I New England, it. Philly, Red yeah. Bull, us, DC, like with all it. of us. I get it. I get it. Um, so the, so the I-95, it's like the Cascadia, the Cascadia Cup, the little bullshit cup out in, out in West. I'm taking the piss out of you. <laughs> All right, so um, last week I I 100% predicted the correct lineup for, um, all across the board. So let's try let's go let's go through it again. Let's go through all of us and see what we think our projected lineup is going to look like against DC United this Saturday night in the Bronx. Let's start with Lorenzo. What are you thinking? All right, so I would say Kufria left back. Martins and uh, Chanel at center back. Uh, I would say uh, Chanel at left back, uh, at left center back. Uh, Martins at uh, right center back. We put. Um, uh, we might give Ilyak another uh, another start. Um, uh, I, I like this fire from last game, so uh, hopefully he gets a little more confident and whatnot. Uh, so uh, for the midfield. Uh, if they want total lockdown defense, I would put in Alfredo and Sands. Sands together. 
Then, uh, you know, we put Santi at the 10, Pellegrini at left wing, uh, uh, Gabby at right, and unfortunately, Talis at 9. So you have Parks getting relegated to the bench this week? Uh, yeah, um, probably most probably most likely alright Dobby 50 on that one Dobby what are you thinking Dov um, I, might, I might stick my neck on the line here and I I, I kind of want to do it but at the same time I don't want to say it uh, is, this is possibly the game we finally see Matt Friesen goal oh I highly doubt it, but um, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna start Matt Freeze against somebody, I mean, why not DC at home? But I, I don't think Cushing will do that. I think it's just gonna roll with the hot hand, so uh, it's gonna probably go go with Bar- Barraza. Uh, back four, same back four as last game. Uh, don't see Gray or O'Toole coming into the lineup, um, and then midfield. Midfield, I, th- I think I think you'll see you see Parks, you'll see I think you'll see Alfredo come back, and then you'll see um, Mati and Gabi on the left and the right, Santi at the ten, and then Talos at the nine again. So think, that's that's the eleven I'm going to go with. You think Sands is going to sit? Oh wait, wait! Oh, I forgot Sans was there. Uh, actually, no, no. Actually, no. Let me, let me, no. Let me get Sans and Parks. Let me get Sans and Parks. Sands and Never mind. I, I forgot. I forgot we had Sans back. My bad. <laughs> you, 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 you forgetting of that Sans was there? How, how dare you? <laughs> uh, um, well, maybe, okay. maybe he should have ripped the shot in the 90th minute instead of fucking it back passing it. Holy fuck! <laughs> okay, okay. So here's. You are not complaining about Sanz's performance. He's been our best player since he got in. You need to fucking chill out, okay? You need to calm down, Dobby. I know you should have shot. He was in the box. Why are you passing it back? Shoot it. Because he can't shoot. Anyway, we're we're moving on. That's why he's not in Scotland anymore. I don't care. Okay. I don't care if you hit someone in the face drinking their fucking beer with a shot. Just have the fucking shot. Don't pass it back. Here's the thing. I think everybody's wrong here. I'm going to go out on a whim and say... That Cushing, because this team has not played. Listen, we we played decently towards the end, towards the second half, like in the second half of that Miami game. But outside of that, this team has been pretty lethargic, mostly since the beginning of the season. Uh, I know my camera's stuck right now. That's okay. <laughs> um, uh, so one second, actually. Okay. All right. Are we? Uh, can you guys hear me? Can. Yes. This break is being brought to you yeah, by... This, this is, yeah, this is insane. Sorry. I, I just had technical difficulties. So, okay. So, I'm going to go out on a whim and say we see the three back in this in this, uh, in this this game because of the past performances have been less than convincing. So, okay. So, here comes a hot take, all right? I say, well, Baraz is going to be in that because he's done nothing to lose his spot. He's been solid. He's been more than serviceable, and I don't think he's going to lose his spot. I, I, I think at this point uh, we can consider Freeze the backup. Poor Freeze, but that's just the way it is. Uh, I say we see the three back. Tiago Martins on the right, Chanel on the left, and making his first start of the season against his former team, Tony Alfaro on the left. 
yeah, yeah. It's it, it. I'm not advocating for this, but I, this is what I think is going to happen. This is a hot take. Uh, uh, you push up Kufre and Micha Ilanich into the wing back positions. Uh, in the middle, holding it down are James Sands and Keaton Parks, and then at the top, from left to right, you have Talis Magno at the left wing, Santi at the nine, and Gabby Pereira at the right. Santi dropping in between the lines to play as the false nine. I think that that's what's gonna. I think that could be uh, an interesting uh, lineup. I also am excited to see what could happen once uh, Talis is back in his preferred position. I think. I think the Talos at the nine experiment is done. Uh, I think Cushing knows that. I think Talos knows that. Obviously, all the fans know that. Uh, it, it's it's it has yielded no returns so far, and it's time to put him back where he belongs on the left wing, where he'll be the best winger in the league. And I think Santi at the nine, even though he d- once again he's not much of a finisher, I think he's going to bring much more. I think he's going to bring a much more dynamic performance. I think he's going to be able to drop in deep and, you know, like, you know, fire off a lot of decent passes. I think he's going to be able to distribute well. Gabby has proven that he can score coming off the wing. Uh, in the past, Talos has scored on the wing, uh, even though neither, none of those three are, you know, clinical finishers by any stretch of the word, but we don't really have anybody else, you know, that can do the job unless anybody fancies dropping one of those three and putting the goal into the mix. I don't think that's a good idea at this, at this point of the season. So I say we see a three, four, three. So just to restate Barraza and net, uh, uh, Tiago Martins, Cheneau, Alfaro in the back three, Ilanich and Kufre at the wing backs, uh, Sands and Keaton parks, holding it down in the mid and, uh, Santi at the nine and Talis and Gabby on the wings. I mean, if there, I mean, if there was ever a game you want to start Seagal in, there would probably be DC at home. I mean, that's maybe maybe okay. maybe um maybe I'm underestimating DC a bit here, but okay. I I think you can okay. probably so, so in, see where I'm coming in a, from. In a, in a, in a, in a let, let, let's let's drop the three back thing. Let's say they do the typical three, four three three or four two three one, whatever you want to call it, that they've been doing for this season. Who does Seagal come in for? Uh, did, did they come in for Mati, and then you just push him over into the middle and you bring Talis out wide? Is that what you I guess do? It, I guess it'd have to be Mati. It'd have to because, be Mati, you know, I guess. You also have to remember, I mean, not that I think he's an etched-in starter or anything like that, but statistically speaking, Mati did, is coming off of a pretty decent game against Miami. And, I'm, um, I'm looking out to get a goal. I, I, I thought he, I thought he should have been credited with a goal, uh, to be fair, um, in that game. I thought, and had Santi not been standing in an offside position obstructing the goalkeeper, he, he would have a goal this season, and I... And I think he would have deserved one. I thought he played pretty well, but um, honestly, out of everybody on the pitch, he's the most expendable. He's the one that you can live without because we know what life is like without Mati. So, and Mati, and it's not like he's, you know, given like unforgettable performances. He's not undroppable right now. So yeah, maybe. But the thing is, I, I don't know. You know, like I, I just don't, I just don't see Seagal like factoring in at all this season. I think the only way he sees minutes this season is Off if we it, it, off the bench, if we're up like four one in like the 80th minute, or if we're down four one in the 80th there's minute. there's I too many games that. this year with too many tournaments. He's going to see time. He has to. We don't have, we don't have that kind of depth. He's going to play maybe in the U.S. Open Cup and in league play. I don't see it, especially over like guys like Tiago, who you still want to get up to speed. And listen, like whether or not we agree that Tiago is good or not, 
I mean, I, well, he I, obviously well, he hasn't, he hasn't played in the last two games. Well, we know that the, no. the the club does not place any type of emphasis on winning the U.S. Open Cup. Um, so I can definitely see him. The playing thing, that. here's the thing: the, in the, like independent of how well Tiago's playing, I just don't see any upside to playing Jason anymore. Like I just don't know what he brings to this team. Getting, like getting fouled. Like, that, that, that <laughs> cares? I don't know. Like, like yeah, no, I'm just. I mean, even though he had a he had, he had an okay period off the bench, he didn't do. Yeah, he was okay, uh, but it's horrible. against Miami. I, I don't think Miami's that good. I think Miami's just coming off of a two game home stretch where they looked better than they actually are. And I don't think Philly's as good as they they should be this year. I don't think I, I, I there's there's a hot take for you. I don't think Philly's going to be as dominant as they have been this year. I think over the course of the season, I think they're going to lose their legs. They haven't looked very convincing so far. And not only that, they just advanced to the next round of CCL. Who cares? Hey guys, okay. I, I still have to do my projected lineup. <laughs> let, let, let me project my lineup. Okay. All right. So I like Christian's idea of of uh, I like the idea of um of the three four three, but I um I do not think that Nick Cushing will tinker with the formation. Um, he, he's more he's shown that he's more prone to tinkering with player selection than he is with ch- than changing the formation. Um, so I do think that he's going to stay with the four three three. Um, I think that Braz is going to, is going to continue to get the start in net. Um, Elenic on the right, Kufre on the left. Now, um, I've 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 absorbed a lot of NYCFC content in terms of the pod universe. Um, I, I, I listen to to the City Boys. I listen to Blue City. I listen to NYCFC Forever. I listen to Post ninety. Post ninety. All of them. Um, and I I do firmly believe that. I, I, um, that I do think that it is time to switch uh, to switch the center backs. Not switch in terms of take one on or take one off. I think it is time to play Tiago Martins on the left and play Chano back on his more comfortable right side um, in the in the flat back four. So I think Tiago should be playing left center back. Chano uh, should be playing right center back. Elenic on the right, Kufre on the left. Sands and Parks as the six eight. Sands as the six. Parks as the eight. Santi as the ten. Uh, Talis Magno exper- experience slash experiment continues at the striker. Gabby on the right, and my uh, new injection at left wing for this match with his um, inclination to score goals against this club. I think that Tiago Andrade is finds his way out of the doghouse and finds his way into the starting lineup at left wing. Um, yeah, so I mean that that's what I, that's what that's what I think we roll out with. Um, I, what, do I want to see a three four three? Absolutely. I think that the, the further up the pitch that we can get Elenic and Kufre, I think the better the better things are going to happen. I think that Sands and Parks are more than capable of of, of providing defensive support to that to that back three. Um, I think it, I think we would do. Fin- we saw how well we did with it um, in, in uh, last year and also in twenty twenty one with the three in the back. Um, we we played really really well out of it. Um, it's just about when. When is Nick Cushing gonna gonna I guess see that 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 that's the way we need to go with the current makeup of our roster? Um, I don't I, I just don't I don't think he's ready to, to just yet transition from his comfortable four four two which he he which he's been or sorry not four four two uh four three three um, which he's been working on all preseason with the training and all of the preseason games and all the Coachella Valley Invitational games and these first four uh, first three match days. Um, so yeah, so I think we're I think we're still going with the four three three, but I want to see Tiago Andrade. I want to see what he can do it on the on the, on the left wing. Here's the thing, but we haven't really been collecting any kind of results at all. Like like whether it be preseason 
or regular season, we have like really like what two wins in all competitions to show for it: the yeah. friendly against LA, and then the the own goal game against Miami. At so like what like you know like I know you said that you know like Cushing isn't known to tinker with like you know systems mostly with player selection, but I mean last season he tinkered with this with with the four, with the tactics. And he he took a gamble, swapped out the four two three one, instituted the three four three, and then we were flying uh, for the rest of the season. We, it, was, it was beautiful. Uh, we, we, we weren't losing games at all. I mean, but it, how long did it take him to do that? Is the question? Because you guys are, you got you guys are over here thinking he's going to do it on match day four. I think I think, I think he's a little bit stubborn. A month. I think he's a little bit stubborn. It's going to no, take him no, longer. No. Well, it's, um, it's it, it took him a month time. after Tati's departure. You have to you have to, you switch. have to like. You have to take this thing into context. You have to like also remember that, like, you know, like, like I, I don't know how, I don't think Cushing's an idiot. You know, I don't think he, I, I think like sometimes he like, I don't think he's an, I think he knows what he's doing in theory. Uh, and mm -hmm. I think that he's mm -hmm. smart enough to know and to no, look at not. the data and say, I've no, had these no, results. Not. Be he's quiet. Summer down. No, I think he's no, smart not. enough to look at the results and say we're not getting results because that's what he did last year. He made an adjustment last year. He it's it's on his track record. He made the adjustment and it worked. It got us within one game of a of a second consecutive final. And I think that you, with the players at your disposal right now, I think he has to once again consider because remember the reason why the whole reason why we went to the three four three to begin with is because we don't have a tried and true nine having having those having your fullbacks and pushing them up into wingback slash left and like slash wide midfielder positions was al allowed us to compensate for that by generating more chances, more balls into the box. And, and, and it worked like with flying colors. And I think that I would hope that at least that having now that having seen what we have with Talos at the nine and that it's not enough that he'd be smart enough to do that. Cause I mean, this is a team that's not going to score goals clinically. It's going to be it's going to be a team that's at least until we get a clinical, a somewhat clinical striker. This is going to be a team that's going to have to score by committee and basically have to vol volume shoot themselves out of uh, you know in, in, into wins. You know we're not going to win on like on four shots. You know like and two goals. Like we're just not going to be scoring at that kind of clip. We're going to have to be a team that's like ten shots, five on target two goals you know that that's probably going to have to be like what our team has to become in order for us to be successful because as i've been saying since the beginning of the season we have the pieces to be very 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 successful and now that sands and santi are back into the equation our chances i i believe that we have legitimately become a very strong team in the east to a contender i legitimately think that we've elevated ourselves to that uh you know you know to to that echelon of 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 teams in the and so, in MLS. So, so, so if we do switch to a back three, who would who would who would be the three center backs then? I already said uh, you, you have Martins on the right, Chano in the center, and then Alfaro on the left. Now listen, we can talk about whether or not Alfaro is quality or not, but we we gave Mati the start against his former team, even though we had players and we could have easily gone with Thiago or even Jason on that left side. You know, but we decided to give Mati that start against his former team, and he turned out a pretty good performance for it. I guess he had that extra motivation. It was also a birthday game uh, on top of it, and and I think that this game, if you're going to ever give anybody a shot, the second home game of the season where it's not a win, you know, like a must-win game yet, if you're, like, you, you can give Alfaro that spot at this stage of the season and also have two quality uh, center backs who are no longer playing out of position, mind you, who are there 
to cover for him, not to mention a backtracking Kufre and a backtracking Elenich. Elenich, I'm not too sure about defensively yet. Kufre has his moments where he can just miss tackles and get yellow cards, but for the most part, he seems to hold it down for the most part. I think if there's any game for Alfaro to come in and maybe assert himself into this equation and become, you know, a, a starter on this team, this is the one to do it. This is the game to do it. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Alfaro is total dog shit, and he's there for emergency situations only. Well, I mean, but, I, if, if we're going back, I'd rather have James. I'd rather have James Sands tucked in at the center center back position, and then have Tiago Martins and and uh, and and and, and Chanel playing so, either side of him. So you could do that, and then put Alfredo at the six, Next and then Keaton yeah. at the eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you you mm-hmm. and you could do that, but then the thing is, then you have either. Martins or Schneau, who are both right-footed, playing an extreme left position, as opposed to just kind of like an off-center, like like a, like like just guarding those channels in that back four. You know, but like I, I believe that you're putting one of them at a major disadvantage by throwing one of them onto the left side. That's my that's my reservation about it. In order to make that three back work, and we saw it with Collins. Obviously, Collins was the best center back in the league last year, and it's going to be and and anybody shouldn't and not just anybody can be compared to him nor should they but in order for it to like really really work you need a left-footed player on that left side of a back three because they're going to be going into wide positions they're going to be getting dragged out over the course of the game you know there's going to be situations where Kufre uh, you know and the same goes for the right side where Kufre and Ilanich are going to be up the pitch they're going to be caught out on the counter and you're going to need your center back to make the play in a wide position and hope that one of the DMs can come in and pick up the slack and, you know, in, in those half spaces. How, and forcing either Chanel or Martins to go out, like, wide left, I don't know. I don't I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, Lorenzo, what do you think about the back three versus the back four in this particular fixture? Uh, back three, we're, f- we're familiar with the system, no doubt about it. Uh, I feel it is a bit dangerous to go with the back three, though, because it does leave out, uh, leave uh, leave them out uh, too wide a bit. But then again, it's also Yankee Stadium. So, hmm, hard to say. Yeah, no, it's it's a very hard decision. And the thing is, it's this is going to sound funny to anybody who's not an NYCFC supporter who might listen to this pod this week, but. This is when it's really nice to play in a place like Yankee Stadium because you can you can play with these wide formations and still be able to deal with the limited amount of space that that one ten by seventy fucking graveyard is going to give you. You know, it's, it's where attack it's where attacks go to die, and and I think if there's any team that is you know uh, susceptible to such experimentation, it's DC United, and if there's any player who needs to prove himself now and wants to, you know, solidify himself amongst the first team, I think Alfaro could get the call. I'm not saying it's the right call. I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen. I know that's a hot take. Like I said before my prediction, it is a hot take. But if not now, when is is my opinion? I feel, I feel like if he comes in, he's just going to shit the bed and just give him, just do something I mean, stupid. And he pitch. might. I'm not saying he won't. And that, that that's, but that, but the thing is, we haven't seen him, like, we've seen him play with the shit, you know, DC setup with an inexperienced coach in Wayne Rooney. You know, Cushing, you know, we can say that the women's game is much different than the men's game, and that's true. 
However, Cushing is obviously a coach with over a decade's worth of experience and knows the game and knows tactics, essentially. He knows how to study teams. And Alfaro, once again, it's not Alfaro in a a center-back pairing. It's him, but with two other center-backs, two very good center-backs, mind you, who are coming off of two very good performances, you know, to back him up. He's not on his own. It's not coming down to him or something else. It's him or Chino or Martins, all of whom are there for defensive coverage, not to mention Sands, who's going to be playing in a deep position, not to mention Kufre and Ilinich, who are going to be tracking back for defensive support, because it, it's basically going to be a 5-2-3 in, like, in transition, like, like, like when like we're actually defending. That's how we're going to line up, and then it's going to be a 3-4-3 in the attack, if not if not a uh, if not a three two, you know, if not a three two five, you know, so you know, um, or a three two, yeah, three two three. So this is a game I think that you could do it. All right. Well, transitioning to a more personal aspect of the game, who's going to the game this weekend? I am. I am not. I will be, I'll there. be there. Lorenzo, oh, I'll most definitely be there. All right. So Lorenzo will be there. I'll be there. Christian will be there. Davi's sitting this one out. Davi, you watch EMB Watch on Apple TV? Oh, for sure. I'll be at, I'll be at home. Uh, with the volume muted or the Spanish commentary on, no doubt. Uh, really quick, not to go off on a tangent. I, I, think, I, th- I think we got we got Cal Williams and Kalen Carr again on the call, and they weren't they weren't too bad last week. No, so. no, no, no. Those are two. The, Kalen Carr is a bit eh. Uh, Williams is good. I like Williams. Uh, Williams, like, I don't know. He brings, like, a gravity. He, he brings an energy. Like he has an energy about. You were gonna say gravitas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gravitas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that that's apropos, I believe. Yeah. No, uh, you, you, you started saying it, then you stopped, and you started talking about. <laughs> yeah. No, a gravitas, an energy. He brings an energy. He has a presence to a game. Kalen Carr, I believe, the way he studies a game is decent, but like he, there's certain voices that just don't. I just don't jive well. Like, like, Sh- like Shep Messing. Like, I respect Shep Messing. Like, for all that he's experienced in the game, you know. Like, the Red Bulls fuck, so fucking whatever. <laughs> but like, like, as far as his experience is concerned, he's very experienced, and he's got like you know, he played on the fucking Cosmos. You know, like the guy like knows his shit. Uh, and, like the old Cosmos too. Like the good Cosmos with Pele, yeah, like, uh, Pele, and Carlos Alberto. Yeah, and. and but the thing is, his voice just doesn't do it for me. Like, so, so you, so you don't like Kalen Carr's voice? No. But you, res- but you respect his like, but you respect like his insight. Can in the I game. be honest and say that any of the fucking like, uh, what's the what's the podcast? Uh, MLS Extra Time. All those guys kind of like irk me. <laughs> Can I? Like, uh, which, which, which one? Which one irks you the most? Gas. Gas pisses me off the most. He's because you can tell he's like a low key, like a Red Bulls fan, and uh, Andrew Weeby is a close second. Uh, I wouldn't even call Gas a low key Red Bulls fan. That dude, he 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 he, he makes it be known. He, yeah. he he supports the Red Bulls. Yeah, he he's fucking annoying. Uh, no, Weeby is not as annoying, but almost as annoying. Uh, Doyle, I can deal with. Bogert is. All right, he's, I guess. he's another ripple fuck, in my opinion. He, uh, I feel like he's another, he's another one of those guys. Ogre's just like kind of like whatever because he's like kind of new to the team. Like Kalen Carr was part of that team before, and like Kalen Carr was okay too, I guess. Like he wasn't as annoying. Who, 
Oh, about Kaylin Kyle, the like the the former Canadian women's player. She's nice to look at. <laughs> That's I'm, it's, she's got legs for days. I mean, but but no, her knowledge of the game is very very good. You know, like I'll, I'm be, honest, I'll be honest, I'll be honest. I didn't like Matt Doyle up until he started giving us our flowers. So I actually respect Matt Doyle now. No, Matt Doyle knows his shit. Uh, he, he knows his he I don't know how he's able to pay attention to all those teams and actually formulate somewhat decent opinions on all of them yeah, brother needs to touch grass <laughs> yeah no he needs to touch grass I don't know if he's married or not but <laughs> he's making a case for maybe not well he's, he's, he's got some cats to keep company so all right so getting back to who's going to the game this weekend for those of us who are going uh what type of uh what type of pre-game festivities will you be uh will you be doing partaking i will i will probably be at the bodega by about 5 30. i will join up the, at the pre-game march at about six when that starts by stands i think it starts in front of stands and uh i'll be co- going out with my boys and you know like uh singing the songs then we'll go into the stadium and yeah, and then just sing for ninety minutes and jump because I out of uh, I don't know where Lorenzo sits, but uh, of the B, of the uh, BTS squad here, I am the only one that sits in well not sits but uh, is uh, located in the uh, supporter section. Yeah. So you already know what I'm doing. Partakes in the shenanigans of the supporter section. <laughs> I love the shenanigans. It wouldn't be a would. I, I couldn't go without it. And that, I'm not, that's no disrespect to anybody who sits anywhere else. I understand everybody has different needs. My brother doesn't like standing up for a full 90 minutes. He likes to be able to sit down and actually enjoy and watch a game. Me, I, I, I love the passion that goes into being a hardcore supporter. I love singing. I love like jumping up and down. You know, I, I, I like being in the trenches. You know, that's just, that's where. Your showers. Yeah, beer showers. Love it. Come home smelling like a brewery. It, it's, it's amazing. It's, it, it, it sounds awful like like you're describing it to somebody who's not you know like into football but like it's it's it sounds really fun when someone like philadelphia red bulls come over it that that's that sounds like the best time to be in there i'm looking forward to that first derby match i'm looking forward to that first home philly match like it's it's yeah no i'm ready that first philly game is uh is in queens this year and i and and i love that's gonna be a madhouse yeah i love listen City Field, as far as the seating is concerned, isn't as ideal. Like as far as the supporter section is concerned, because we kind of sit off to the side by a corner flag. However, the atmosphere and like that City Field provides is so it's good. just much better. It's better. Like I, I love Yankee Stadium. I love like, and I'm going, and I'm probably going to be one of the few people that actually misses it once we actually move into our stadium. However, I think, City- I, th- I think we all will. I think we all will, low key, but we won't. Yeah, yeah, maybe in a way, yeah, sure. It. It's part of our history. You can't deny it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and but City Field, something about those games, man. It's just electric. Like I, I love going to the games in Mark, City Mark, Field. I want to say something. Mark, mark my words, right? Fucking now. Mark my fucking words. Twenty twenty six MLS Cup will be the final game at Yankee Stadium played before we open up our new our new stadium in twenty twenty seven. And yeah, we're gonna yeah, fucking win it. We're gonna win it as well. I've heard those kinds of Lorenzo, Lorenzo, where are you sitting at the match this weekend? Uh, uh I, I, I sit at my, uh, M, M, uh, M, sorry, uh, I sit in uh, two, three, six. That's my home. That's where I stay. That's where uh, I'll be until we move to the new stadium. Now that's uh, <laughs> now that, that section. That's right by the supporter section, right? But, it, but it's still in the stands, but it's by the supporter section. It's in the no, supporter it's in the supporter section. section. Oh, okay, that is yeah. supporter section. All right, I would say it's a. Like, like, um, 
my tickets are technically for two thirty six, but I stand off in two twenty two thirty seven. My yeah, I, I will be. I bought a flash sale ticket. I will be in two thirty two B this weekend. How much? How much was that flash sale ticket? Oh, I bought it. A while, this was a while ago. I bought it. It, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. How much was it? You don't remember? I have it written down in my notes. Hold on. How much are the tickets going for this weekend? Uh, I've actually seen some. I, I think the resale tickets. I've seen them go for like thirty bucks. That's not too bad. I saw some sell for like twenty six, and some yeah. for like twenty two. So back mm. back when I bought these, Davi, I, I got the two seats for thirty five dollars total. Damn, thirty five total. Yeah, two, that's nice. Two seats. That's, 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 that's what is that so with the fees or is no fees? There was no fees because it was part of a flash show. It was thirty five dollars total. But I, to pay what I paid to go to the home opener was one hundred fifty two ten total. That's what I paid to go to the home opener and sit in two. Oh yeah, because they always inflate those. Yeah, but $35 total to go to go to the match this weekend is what I paid for the flash sale. Oh, you're talking about this home opener? Yeah, this this I paid one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, for two tickets. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, for him and his wife. That's insane. Uh, uh, So so wait, what are we doing? When are we getting into the Bronx? Me. All of us. Um, I, I I think I told my wife I wanted to leave the house by four. I wanted to get I wanted to get in the Bronx by by five. Are we coming through the bodega? Uh, no, I don't usually do the bodega. I usually uh, we usually do whatever, and then we go. Usually we do the mar- like we 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 hop in and do the march. Um, oh, oh, dude, you got you got to change that up, dude. You got to come through the bodega. Like 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 it's like it's it's a lot of fun and all, like yeah, and it and it's like one of those places where like you can buy beer if you want, but you check. But you pretty much don't even have to because everybody's got alcohol. So like it's like like because it's it's BYOB there my, like my in the back. My wife's pregnant and. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I mean, but you can still drink. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't, I don't think it's good for the baby if she were to drink. So and then we and then we walk and then we walk down the few blocks uh, once it's done to uh, to do the uh, to do the march too. So yeah. you can still do the march. All right. Ryan, um, so what about you? When are you getting in? Uh, I live in the Bronx, so it doesn't take me that uh, long uh, to get to the stadium. Uh, like, depending on how train, tra- t- train traffic goes, maybe 20, 21 minutes. I'll be there probably around 5. Uh, when I get to the bodega, I got a ritual that I do. I automatically I buy two beef empanadas, one bacon, egg, and cheese, and depending on my mood, either a tall boy Modelo's or an El Presidente. And I swear to God, I don't know why the team always does good. <laughs> good when I get that kind of combo. There is no chopped cheese though. You might, need to, you might need to get that every game, buddy. No chopped cheese though. You know it. No, no chopped no. cheese, but I got a bacon, egg, and cheese. That's a New York staple too. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a New York staple. I can't I can't argue with you there. So so, uh, so I live in Westchester, and surprisingly, for the home opener, there was like no traffic going through Yonkers uh, by Cross County Mall and. We just I just drive there past the past the casino past like the the horse raceway and everything. There was like no traffic whatsoever. It was, it was like thirty literally thirty five minutes. It yeah, took me from say, to get home to to the stadium. Thirty five minutes. Yeah, I would say most of the traffic for the stadium just came through public transport. Just getting to the train was a madhouse. So Lorenzo, um, you I and you and I had the uh, the special uh, privilege of of uh, attending a. Uh, a pre-match tour of, of the uh, of the New York City Football Club locker room at Yankee Stadium. Um, what did you think of that experience? It was special. 
at first. And then, you know, when we got in the locker room, uh, Matt Pellegrino was asking questions and whatnot. <laughs> what do you call it questions, though? <laughs> basically, basically, we were only allowed to, to uh, answer, like, a, uh, like uh, a certain section of uh, areas he could only be allowed to answer about. Anything else was uh, pretty much mums the word yeah. for him. Yeah, the locker room, yeah. the locker room is cool. Get, getting to see the players, their jerseys and stuff. But I mean, if if you've seen pictures of it online, you, you I mean, you've pretty much seen it, right? Yeah, pretty much. But I mean, it was nice to take a picture against uh, next to uh, Gabby's uh, uh, jersey because I was wearing his number that day. And then, I, but aside from that, and you, then know. you you happened to peep what was on the back of the door, though, right? You, were the, you I think you were the one who showed me that, right? Yeah, so I saw like uh, some uh, some tac some some like uh, attack tactics, uh, attacking uh, uh, strategies, taped up on the uh, 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 on the on the door, like uh, when we were coming in, and whatnot. Uh, I saw like a free kick take for uh, Santi and whatnot, and um, and uh, another uh, one for a drop back attack. But uh, n- that's much. That's pretty much what I what I saw. Yeah. Speaking of Santi, like, 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 I know this is like a bit unrelated, but he seems like really happy to be back. Like, has anybody else like noticed that? Like, he seems like, like, there's like a fire under him. Like, he like seems like really like ready to like take this like new opportunity like in the Bronx. Like, and like make the most of it. Like, yeah, it's it's it, it's it's almost like he feels like if he just keeps this going, like he he's bound for Europe. I mean, that's that's obvious. I mean, I didn't even expect him to be back this year. I thought that, like, if you had asked me a year ago today, I thought that, excuse me, I thought Santi's loan would have been done. And instead of remo- instead of returning to Montevideo City Torque, I thought he would have, like, for sure, like, seen, like, 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 seen, like, a Girona-type move or, like, or somewhere. Yeah, yeah, or the Eredivisie, like, like anywhere. Like, I was not expecting him to be in the Bronx, but to have him under this long-term contract. Like, like, listen, some people can complain about the DP tag if they want. I think it's, you know, I think it's justified. I think he's, I think he's been a very, very productive player, one of the most productive players in the league over the last like two years. And you know, uh, and it it also it, it also gives us stability at the ten. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, I have um, just jotted down some uh, some keys to victory for the match day number four. Um, my my key. What do you guys think about this number one key? Containing Benteke. Do you guys think that that, that should be the first? I don't, I don't, and I don't think thing? It, I don't think that should be much of a problem anyway. I mean, I, don't, I, don't I mean, essentially, earlier this week I compared I was, Benteke is essentially a Belgian Kai Kamara. I mean, I mean, that's pretty much what he's been his entire career. Anyway, he's kind of like a a poacher striker. He's not really, really like a. He's a bull. I would say, I would say, great value discount Romelu Lukaku. He's like a, he's a bull in a china shop. He's not like somebody who's going to be like super silky on the ball, but he's just like when he gets on the ball, he has a one track mind. He's going to go to going to go to goal and he's going to try to score. Um, he's a super. He's a physical forward. I, I've always liked Christian Benteke. Honestly, I've always thought he was a pretty solid striker, especially like during his like. Uh, uh, what was it? His Crystal Palace days. Aston Villa. Uh, he reminds me yeah, a lot of, of Daryl DK. You guys remember Daryl DK in the MLS when he played? He was just he just like was uh, just a yeah. specimen. 
He would just well, remember Daryl DK. I'm keeping track of Daryl DK right now. He's he looks really good for uh, West yeah, Brom. And Tech reminds me of Daryl DK. They're they're just like really strong, imposing forwards that just run through you and find a way to score goals. Yeah, uh, yeah, they, yeah. Essentially, yeah. No, and but even though I, I think DK might be like I think he's a little bit more complete than Benteke. Like I, I I like DK like on the ball too. Like I think DK is actually like a really good like not necessarily a complete forward. But uh, a true number nine, like so to speak. I I, I, th- I think he's washed. I don't. DK? I don't see him as... No, 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 not no, not DK Benteke. Oh, I was about to say, bro, what the <laughs> fuck are you on? Yeah, no, well, no, Benteke is obviously not who he used to be. I think we can all agree on that. Like he's not. We're not talking about Villa Aston Villa ben, Benteke. You know, we're talking like, about like, like, the like season, season before Liverpool transfer Benteke. Yeah, no, we're talking about like past his prime, Benteke. You know, the, like like I, I don't think he's here collecting like a like a big a last big paycheck. I think like he's here to actually like legitimately like try. Like you can see like his work rate for like a bigger forward like that is pretty good, but he's just not as talented as he. Used I to just be. I just think he's here because Wayne Rooney's the coach. To be honest, I mean, I mean sure, but I mean there's a lot of situations like that. A lot of players are on teams because of managers or other players on the squad. You know, like or or just the. Uh, or the you know the gravitas of the club itself. Like, come on, do you think you know? Like, like, do you think Ricky Pooj is at LA Galaxy because you know they're the ones? You know, he's he's at LA Galaxy well, he gets, because he gets to play with Chicharito. So, so yeah, that's and, and and also you know like LA Galaxy like to like the typical European player might be like the most popular club here because that's the club that Beckham went to. That's the club where Gerard went to. You know, the the club where like all these like legends like went and spent some time at. You know, at one point. I think, know, Donovan, Robbie Keane. I think uh, you, nobody. you still have to keep an eye on Christian Benteke. He he can he can hurt us. You have to, you have to keep know, an eye for on sure. Now, another reason I think that we should probably employ the three back this game. I think having three. I think shoring up that defense, especially the, centrally, and you know, and allowing Sands to come in and sweep as well. You know, like I, I think that's going to be a key to keeping Benteke quiet. I mean, we saw it with. Uh, you know, I, I thought defensively we played very, very well against Miami, and you know, Joseph Martinez was able to get off, but you know, like one like really good shot. But other than that, he, you know, looked pretty pedestrian. So, uh, I, I, yeah, no, I, I obviously he's a player that you have to keep an eye on. You have to re- respect Benteke and his, you know, and his pedigree and his skill. You know, he's still a skilled player, and he knows how to score. He's been doing this for a long time. So yeah, no, of course you need to like respect him, but at the same time. I don't think he's the game-changing talent that you know maybe like DC was hoping for him to be. And Nick, if you're listening, Mark Benteke on fucking set pieces, please. Yes, please. The, 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 the set piece defending on this team needs to be better. There's no excuse for how bad it's been. Especially that back post defending. Yeah, no. Well, just have somebody on the fucking back post. Like, just have somebody there. I, just, like, like I, I'm not a big fan of zonal marking. I'm always like much more of a fan of man marking. However, in this case, zone it up. Have somebody just your only job is to protect this back post and clear up any of the garbage that comes this way. You know that's your job here. Just put some, let someone do it. Sands or the, even like one of your forwards. I don't care. Just have somebody there just to put their foot. Talas the Magno. Have Talas Magno back, <laughs> mark that back post. He's like six or foot. Let Magno. Yeah, let right. Magno do it. So key to victory number two. What I have written down is just plain and simple. Goals! Score goals! Uh, for anyone who... Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, one would think that that would be an obvious, you know, key. You have to score goals to win games. However, with this team, I think they forgot that memo, you know, like coming into this year. So just please, just listen. I, two goals, in my opinion, wins this game. If you score two goals as the home team in this game, you win the game. So just score two and make sure it's off of your fucking work and not off the work of a dumbass fucking defender uh, that plays in South Florida. Like, like, please just, just somebody like, like somebody wearing blue in this game, fucking score, you know, please. And I, 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 listen, even if a Gabby prayer has to do it himself, I don't give a fuck. Just score a fucking, score a fucking goal. Plus, even, even if it's a shitty tap and just fucking score, they all count the same. Plus, Omnic Cushion keeps hyping up that. Was like, oh, we, we want to play for the crowd. We want to play for this. We love playing at home, blah, 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 blah. You know how you endear yourself to the crowd? Score goals! Yeah, no, that, that, that crowd last week. Listen, with as many chances as we created last last week, that 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 25,000, you know, like, like capacity, like we were dying. We were for like, a goal of our own. To, like to call, to truly call our own. And had any of us scored, that place would have, the lid would have blown off that place. And it would have been nuts. So, like, just please, like, like it I said before. It went, it went crazy when Penny Greeny scored that offside goal. Yeah, just two goals wins this game. Just get two goals. The DC is not scoring more than one against us on the road. They're just, I, I, I I'd be willing to. I don't, I don't think they score at all. I'd be willing to bet that. And, I, and, I, and, and just for anyone who said that, I said that we would beat Miami. I said we would run all over them, you know, last week. And we did. We just didn't score the goals mm-hmm. to get the score line that I predicted. Other than that, it was a one-sided game. It was one-way traffic all night. So just fucking just get the goals. Their, their, keep, their keeper also made some decent saves here and there. Yeah. All right. And key to victory number three. Put in a full 90. Don't give them hope. What do you guys think? Uh, so, so, I, feel like, I feel like that kind of goes hand in hand with goals. I mean, if you score enough, I mean, they'll well, probably be deflated by putting in a full ninety. By, by I mean, like staying checked in, playing aggressive football for ninety minutes. Not not putting in a, a 65, 70 minute shift, making subs, losing the flow, and then letting them sneak back into the game, or letting them knot it up, or letting them even go ahead if we haven't scored yet. Like playing a full ninety minute game. Yeah, because yeah, when you cause when you say don't give them hope, I, I for for me that's like score three, four, five goals and just fucking destroy their egos yeah, and destroy yeah. like their, their, their I mean, system. That and, too. Like, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. part I of actually, it. I actually have a prediction for this take. So like, um, obviously, uh, yeah, the the the, uh, the idea is to score some goals and win this game. I feel by the, I say by the seventy fifth or seventy sixth minute. We just turn it up on defense, like by just like the second we sub in Alfie, that defense just goes from from a seven to a ten automatically. Here's the thing, like like that that's great and all, but like to, to Joe's point, I think uh, if anything, excuse me, I think if anything, that's gonna be fun to listen back to. Um, I I I think if anything, like. This team has a habit, or Cushing's teams more specifically have a habit of bunkering down just way too quickly. I don't want to see us bunkering down with a one-goal lead in the 69th minute or the 70th minute. Like, like, like that's that's way too early to start protecting a lead. You cannot be playing defense-first football for 20 minutes and expect not to concede or to at least not like give up some pretty scary chances. I do. 
I am not a fan of absorbing pressure. I just don't believe in it. I believe, now listen, obviously there's a time to bunker down and protect what you got. If you got a goal and you don't think that you can get one and it's like the 85th minute, then yeah, you know, maybe you can bunker down a little bit, you know, sub on sub on Alfredo, you know, sub on another center back, whether that be Owusu or Alfaro or somebody of that nature. Uh, sub or on Tavon. Yeah, or a Tavon Gray, exactly. exactly. Like, yeah, like, 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 like maybe then. I do not want to see this team go into a defensive shell earlier than the 80th minute. I want us to be firing on all cylinders. I want us to be thinking attack, attack, attack for until the 80th minute. Uh, but, you know, and once you get like that second goal and, and you've left them off the scoreboard, then, you know, maybe you can reconsider that. But however, I just don't absorb pressure because if you just will, willfully absorb pressure for more than like 15, 10 minutes at a time, Eventually, something's gonna fucking go wrong. It's just I I don't understand it. I I don't get it. I'm not for it. I'm against it wholesale. You know, there's very few philosophies in football that I wholesale disagree with because I think everything from a tactical perspective is valid, especially given the different kinds of makeups, different kinds of squads, different kind of disciplines that are in the sport. A team that is designed just to absorb pressure, I wholesale disagree with. Do not let do not do not so, let any, so anything of jose Mourinho and uh, diego simeone yeah simeone no garbage and i've been saying it for years jose Mourinho, i respect the shit out of him at one point he was a revolutionary mind in football when they really really needed one and you know what he did with porto and his days as chelsea inter. manager yeah, yeah inter chelsea all that's like legendary however he is a guy who refused to adapt the changing landscape of the game where athleticism and aggressiveness became more and more and more rewarded. And the best managers are the ones that evolve. Pep Guardiola, his quote-unquote tiki-taka, I hate that word now because it's so overused, but his quote-unquote... The thing is, well, let me stay on Pep for a second. His tiki-taka is not the same right now with City as it was with Barcelona 10 years ago. It's not the same. Well, it's like modified. Yeah, it's completely modified for the new game, and it's it it's evolved and adapted, which is why Man City is one of the great best clubs in the world and might steal Premier League, and and it's the reason why Erling Holland doesn't have to do fucking much. He doesn't and, have and, to do and, much. And, and and they're favorites to win the Champions League as well. Uh, it, and, yeah, we'll see. I'm, not, I'm a not, City not, fan, and I, and I still on the, say on the odds on the odds are the favorites, I, but I, I I'm not a City fan, but. It, I, I I am a realist, and I do think that City has a great chance of winning the Champions League this year. Now, that said, could like like I do not want to see complacency in this game. I do not want to see us playing negative for more than twenty for more than fifteen percent of this game at home. And you don't play negative at home. It's just you, if you have to do something on the road, to secure a point against a very tough team. So fucking be it. You do not play negative at home. Don't do it. I don't want to see it, especially at Yankee Stadium where we've been dominant. I do not want to see it. And if I see it, I'm going to be very fucking agitated. All right. So to, to kind of add to your point of uh, like getting pressured, like, you know, receiving the pressure. To, uh, I don't know if it was just me, but uh, did any of you guys feel like Miami last week would, would uh, be able to sneak in an equalizer towards the end of the game? No, because they're trash. No, not really. Yes. Joseph almost had a really fucking equalizer. Yes, I felt they could have fucking equalized. Joseph almost fucking equalized. Yes, they very well could have. 
I, I disagree. I think Miami's trash. <laughs> I mean, sorry. I mean, again, it, it it only takes one chance for them to you know get a goal and bang. It's one one. It only takes one chance, but for most of the second half, we were the, we were dominant. So I wasn't we were, worried. We were I was actually bullying them. I was actually waiting for us to score a second. I thought our second was a foregone conclusion. I thought it was, you know, destined to be a two 0 game. Yeah, but, but our our attackers are in net. Um, yeah. Well. All right. So let, let's uh, let's let's jump this right into uh, let, let's give our predictions for the match this weekend. Uh, who wants to start? Lorenzo, you're the guest. Take it away. I say two nil victory. Dos a cero. Goal scores. Hmm. Lorenzo. Goal scores. I would say. I would say Gabby Perea and. Uh. And a header from Thiago Martins. I think he's due. All right. Davi? I'm going I'm to agree with Lorenzo. I'm going to say 2-0. Uh, I'm going to go with GP. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it again. I'm going to say Mati. I think he was unlucky not to get on the score sheet last week. Uh, great performance. And I think he gets a goal today, uh, uh, this week. Christian? Uh, yep, yep. For me... Uh... I agree with two goals. I think this will be a game where we give up a dumb one. I think this is going to be a two-win, a two-one win. Uh, I think the goal scorers will be. I'm going to say Gabby, and I'm also going to say uh, Santi gets on the board this week. I think Santi uh, had a lot of looks last week, uh, a lot of chances that he should have buried. I think he's going to know that, and I think every single time he's going to be 1v1 with the keeper this week, I think he's going to at be... One, at 1v1 he had with Calendar should have been buried. Yeah, it should have been buried, and I think he's going to... I, I don't think he's going to be haunted by that. I think he's going to learn from that, because we've seen from him in the past, whenever he seems to, like, fail, so to speak. I don't want to say fail, because I've never really seen Santi fail. Whenever he, like, comes up short, he seems like he always wants to dust himself off and, like, go again he seems like he's chomping at the bit for another bite of the cherry he's not afraid of the of that spotlight i think he's going to learn from the mistakes last week i think he makes a correction i think we score two goals first and then i think we give up a lazy set piece goal in like the 84th minute or so or so but i think we but i think overall as a complete performance i think it's a pretty it's a fairly dominant showing uh, I'm going to save like 12 shots to like four. And we comfortably walk away from a two-game homestand with a po- six out of six possible points. And we shoot up the table and we put the league on notice. I want to add uh, I want to add something to that. Um, I think it's important that we get the win here because uh, the next two games, uh, we're going away to Houston and we're going away to New England, which uh, well, I mean, are, are two very tough but I, they're two tough places to play because Houston, because of the humidity. Um, I know it's not at the peak yet, but it's, it's it's still pretty tough to play in that Houston Houston weather, and also uh, New England because it's turf. Uh, well, sure, but I mean, like like I said, what have I been saying since before the season about Yankee Stadium? We're not going to lose the game there. Not a single one. We're gonna we're going we're we'll take at least a point in every single game that we play at Yankee Stadium this year. City Field's a little bit more of a uh, a wild card, and Red Bull Arena. Who the fuck knows? Uh, but as far as like Yankee Stadium is concerned, I see us getting nothing but points here. I, I think this is our game to lose, and I, I don't even think that we need to win this one. I think it's uh, I think it's like, like we're expected to win this one, and I would be disappointed with anything less than three. I think points. I, I think would... for me, I think for me, uh, considering that we're 
we're fucking terrible on the road. We're fucking trash on the road. Um, I think I think for me to kind of give myself give myself a little bit of assurance and a little bit more confidence going into two back to back away games yet again uh, is just to get a win at home. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. You, right. you, you that's, need that's, to win that's, really, that's really the recipe in MLS. You win your home games, you don't lose your away games. Yeah, yes, you need to win at home, but like, like, yeah, no. What's up, Jim? All right, so my prediction for this weekend is a 2-0 victory. I think the goal scorers will be Gabriel Pereira and Keaton Parks. Um, okay. I think uh, I think Keaton is uh, is due. Uh, I think he, he missed a sitter uh, last game, um, and I think uh, Gabi Gabi needs a bounce back game. I don't think he played up to the standard that we expect of him against Inter Miami. He had his two little left footed curler shots. One was blocked, and one was a slow dribbler to the keeper. Um, so I think he has a bounce back game in a big way. Um, and I think we uh, we come out and, and we could get two. I think we could get more, um, but definitely two. And I think we keep. So we all have. Does Does Keaton score with his feet or with his head? Feet. Uh, so, so we all have NYCFC scoring two goals, but I'm the only one that has us going full bozo in the last ten minutes. Mm-hmm. And then on, okay. on Twitter, we have uh, we have Anthony Buckley who thinks the team uh, will win two to one. Uh, team is looking more confident. Let's just hope we can actually score ourselves this time without help. Um, <laughs> and then we have the Bronx OG. The Bronx OG believes that we will win three to one. He doesn't have the three to one. I can see us scoring three goals in this game. Honestly, if there's any game for the goal scoring to actually explode, it's this one. I think like all signs point to an actual offensive, a good offensive performance, at least passable offensive performance in this one. I think it's a, there's just too much at stake. Like, like not too much at stake. I don't want to say that it, it's fucking it's fucking March. It's game four. Yeah, it, it, there's not much at stake, but I, I think I think when I say there's so much at stake, I'm talking about morale and I'm talking about like motivation. I think this team is motivated to score goals and prove that they can. Because even if even if it's not an ideal solution at the nine right now, I do think that this is going to be a team that will score by committee for the most part up until this summer when hopefully we finally bank on a nine. I don't think it's coming before April. I don't think we're going to get one. There's really just no whispers or anything in the rumor mill right now and uh so and i also think that um as an aside there was more news about ledesma this week uh, apparently nycfc are still in talks with uh, psv about bringing over ledesma but the thing is the, now that santi is there i'm going to say this this might be controversial to joe because i know he he's a is a big fan of the save the americans movement and bringing you know uh benched Americans from abroad to at least get playing time here. The thing is, with, with Santi now, uh, listen, we're, we're going to be on the hook for some of Ledesma's wages. And it's either going to be, it's probably going to be in the realm of maybe like $100,000. I don't know how much cap space we have to spare right now, but I really think that any and all money in the coffers right now should be pulled towards getting a striker and and getting a striker of the highest order because you also have to prepare for yourself that we we have three dp spots taken up right now so we're gonna have to give a striker a high tam deal and all i would, that I would assume we have a decent amount of cap space because that's why we got rid of ever well, well you also have to remember this is going to be a rental no matter what because ledesma like part of the condition is that he has and to it's sign just a loan as well uh, he has to, well the thing well, but yeah but th- that's the point that, that like like he has he, to sign an, an, an extension would, with PSV so it doesn't expire there's well no pathway to us getting Ledesma permanently period I would 
I would say NYCFC would prioritize getting a nine, but most likely to get the nine, we're most likely going to use our uh, under twenty-two DP deal. Well, I mean, we already have that. We already have three. We already have that. That's with Santi and Alasar. What he means by that is use the U twenty-two. Uh, oh, the U twenty-two initiative. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe. Yeah. No, that's an option. But the thing is, like, I, I don't know. See, here's the thing. I, I right now with the with the way this team is constructed, I don't want another young player that you have to trot out and hope that they can develop and hope that they can grow in front of your eyes. I want an established like twenty seven, twenty eight year old at that nine or twenty six, someone in their mid twenties. So, 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 so someone like a uh, Thomas Henri. Yeah, exactly. uh, just just to, just, to Somebody, throw, just to throw out something. Not him specifically, because that ship has ship sailed. But someone of that no, type. But of someone like him, someone in his age range, like that, that yeah, actually plays in Europe. Somebody in the prime of the career who's a proven commodity and is no, can score has proven to score goals. And like I don't like like Michi Ilanich. Like while we've been impressed by him, it's very possible that Michi Ilanich could still become a flop over the long term. Remember, Rodney Wallace started off his NYCFC career fairly positive as well. Uh, you know, like, like, so it's not a foregone conclusion. Also, he's still a young player, and a lot of, you know, how well he does in the future is going to depend on if he goes through a growth spurt like Gio Reyna did and, like, be more susceptible to injury. If he's, you know, if he loses his confidence at any point, you know, he's very, you know, being young is also being very impressionable. I think we should use any and all money that we have at our disposal to get a number nine. Well, Desma would have been a fun addition a few weeks ago. But considering the state of the squad right now and the needs of the squad right now, a nine is a must. It's got any and all money we got has got to go to a nine. And if you have some left over, maybe then a Ledesma can be considered. But Ledesma is also a rental, uh, and for a season and a quarter at that, we we won't have him past June of next year. So that's <clears throat> I think we should be thinking long term. Yeah. All right. So last talking point. This comes from Doug Condon on Twitter. Um, why hasn't Cushing announced a permanent captain? Making Chinoa a temp is dickish. What do you guys think about that? Uh, I, uh, you know what the thing is? I don't even think it might be a Cushing thing. It might be a team thing because the last time we named a captain, he left us in free agency. So, uh, mm. and also Chinoa is also at the tail end of his career. So any, any year could be his last. I know, so, but you know, you know, the club is all about positive PR. So, like, usually when they name a captain, they usually do like a whole little PR thing around them being named captain. And now we're three matches. You give like a little pro shoot with like the armband and stuff. We're three matches in the twenty-three, and she knows worn it in, in all three games that they haven't announced him as the official captain of NYCFC. I don't get it either because I mean I think she knows a shoe in for the captain, longest tenured player in the team. He has, obviously commands the respect of the locker room. Is commands the respect of anybody who's playing in the back line with him. Uh, and it, it, it's it's it, it's disappointing to say the least. I would prefer that Snow was named our captain. I think that would be. I think he's I think he's earned it. I think he deserves it. And I think he deserves the PR that comes along with it as well. But I, I don't I don't I don't, I don't know if that's a cushing decision or a or a, or a sporting decision or 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 a marketing decision. You know, like like if this is going to communications. Or not? Like I, I don't know whose decision it is. I think it's the wrong decision not to announce him as the captain. Maybe the Sean Johnson situation soured them to actually naming like, 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 like trotting out like a keeper, or not trotting out a keeper, trotting out a captain and giving him like the captain's treatment. I, uh, it, it, that's not likely, but it's possible. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know why they haven't done that, but I, I Chanel deserves it. I think I speak for then, all. Because the other thing is, is I don't, I don't think anybody. 
in the fandom or in this podcast thinks that Chano is going to be starting 34 games this year. No. Absolutely not. And, and, he, think... and he, just got, he just got called up to Luxembourg's national team, so he's going to miss the Houston game anyway. I, I, but also, you, you know what the thing is? Like, I don't think any of these players are going to play all, all 34 games. I don't even think all of them hit. I mean, I don't think any of them hit 30 starts. Maybe some of them get over 30 in appearances. I don't think we, even Barraza. No, we ha- they, ha- they have to hit 30 starts. We, have, we, have we, we don't have enough depth. We have a core. We have a core going in right now. Of course they're going to hit 30 starts. Gabriel Perez is going to start every game he's eligible to start. Thomas okay. Magno is going to start every game he's eligible to start. James Sands is going to start every game okay. he's eligible okay. to start. But, but, but there's never been a season where MLS teams have more fixtures than this season. And there's going to have to be some rotation. You got U.S. Cup and the League's Cup, but NYCFC and then doesn't put season. emphasis on the on the U.S. Open Cup. But that doesn't. It, 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 we're still going to. I guarantee that we're going to bring out some players for it. Yeah, but I don't. I mean, yeah, I, I think those are the games that we don't, that we sit James Sands for and put and put in freaking Justin Hack in that game instead of James Sands. I mean, maybe it depends on who we get. If we get the Red Bulls, I do not want to fucking take an L to the Red Bulls because we decided to start fucking hack. We don't I'm care. sorry. We don't, I don't, we don't care about the U.S. Open Cup. They just don't care about it. They don't give a fine fuck okay, about it. You cannot care about the U.S. Open Cup all you want. You at least care about the fucking rivalry. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, I understand. You should at least care about that. Get past that game, and then I don't care. Fucking phone it in if you want. Because like I said, I don't give a fuck about the... Here, here's the thing. I wish we did because it's the easiest pathway yeah. to, to the CONCACAF Champions League. For sure. Like, on paper. However, and I it's a, it's a trophy that Red Bulls doesn't have. We can rub it in their face that we yeah, want it for them. Yeah, well, at, at, at every trophy except the Supporter Shield is a trophy they don't have. So, like, fuck it. But at the same time, at least take the fucking rivalry serious. If you draw the fucking Red Bulls in the first round of the Open Cup, play your fu- fucking full eleven. Uh, play your best eleven for that game. And then if you get if you draw like a DC United or a fucking New England or even a Philly. I don't give a fuck. Like, like, like in that second round of the game, like, who cares at that point? You got. You have to at least take. Like, if you maybe I shouldn't say Philly. If you face a rival, like an actual rival, I'm not talking DC or New England. You face an actual rival in this tournament. You have to play your your best eleven. I'm sorry, especially, pride is on the line, and I take my pride seriously. Especially after Red Bull smacked us in the mouth in the last Open Cup last year, right? Exactly. And I, I, I don't want to see that ever again. Like, I don't want to lose to that team ever again for the rest of my life. I don't even want to draw with them. I don't want to give them the fucking privilege of splitting points with us or splitting a result with us. Like, like just fucking get that fixture done. Just, just, but everything else is a wash as far as the U.S. Open Cup is concerned. You can say the same thing about the League's Cup. But, like, unless, like, unless hey, once I again... Fuck about the League's Cup. I fucking hate the League's Cup. I hate the, the way the that they're is, fucking... So here's the thing. Here's it's just been, for fucking money, man. I hate that been, shit. Okay, hold up. Here's what I've been saying about the League's Cup since it started. I would like it a lot more if it functioned more as like a Europa League equivalent as opposed to just something where every team is competing. I think that waters down the product. I think it dilutes it. I think it makes it just feel like less cool. Like I already Europa feel like the League's Cup is already honestly, like a Europa Conference League already. Well, the thing is, but the thing is you can't even compare it to the Europa or the Conference League because every single just, team makes it. I'm just I'm just putting NYCFC two on 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 the pitch for those two games. I don't give a fuck about that tournament. That tournament can go to fucking burn in hell. That, that's the thing about the Leagues Cup. The, Le- the Leagues Cup could mean so much. And at fuck first, when, it, when we first did it, I liked it a lot. Fuck more. Campeones Cup. But, but I, I like the Campeones Cup. Fuck it's for a trophy. Cup. Yeah, fucking it, made it's up not, trophy. It's, 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 well, it, well, it's an exclusive glorified friendly, but still, but it's a it's super just cup. One game. 
it's a super cup, but who cares? It, it's it, it's a championship and it's a major championship at that. And also, you don't get to face like Mexican teams all that much outside of Concacaf Champions League. If you're in a con- we, we played yeah, a- leagues cup, leagues cup. I, I love, I loved Campeones Cup last year. I love that atmosphere. I love that game. It was one of my favorite memories as a supporter. Plastic and, trophy, you know. Like, and uh, NYCFC Forever podcast said that was like that was like their favorite march to to a match. It's an that awesome cup game. It was an awesome game. Stupid cup. Stupid fucking cup. Uh, whatever, Joe. Uh, but here's the thing: if I would care about League's Cup a lot more if it actually functioned as like a t- like as like a tournament where only so many teams qualified. Like I said, like a Europa League, that like, like a Europa League type thing. I think that would make it much better. But now that every single team makes it. It just makes it just not worth anything. Like, even the Conference League doesn't invite every team, you know? And I think the Conference League is a good idea, by the way. I think the Conference League is a great idea for those teams. I love the Conference League, you know? Uh, I, think the, I think the Conference League filters out, like, the the like half the, like, so, some of the teams from the Europa League, no? Well, only, well, well, yeah, well, yeah. I, I, I think the Conference League is a perfect kind of competition for those teams that always, like, are on, like, kind of, like, the like like the periphery of like the Europa League, the the spots. Wait 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 wait. Time out. It's like the perfect like kind of competition like for like those teams that are always just finishing outside of the top seven or outside of the top six that that you know could use that European experience once they reach that next level. You know like like teams like I don't know like Villarreal in Spain. Like even though Villarreal is like you know like. They, they've been up there before or like like you know like one of those like very very good mid-table teams so, so someone like a uh granada and espanol in yeah exactly and also it's more it's more and also yeah and also because it's an exclusive competition it means more if every single team was invited to the to the conference uh league it wouldn't mean as much and that's why I, I, I think also if you win you get into the europa league next year right if you win it I think something like that. But also, like, that's my only issue with the League's Cup. It's just, it's too all-encompassing, and it doesn't need to be. If you just, if you trimmed it to, like, a teams that, like, finish, like, like, like for instance, like, if you wanted to take, like, Supporter Shield standings, like, the like the top two teams in the East that didn't make the CONCACAF Champions League and the top two teams in the West that didn't make the CONCACAF Champions League uh, versus, like, the similar teams in Mexico. I would be or, all or like the, runner, the runners up in the conference finals, and even like some, that. and even some teams in like in, in like Central America, like 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 some of those teams, or some teams like just in Concacaf in general. Like I would appreciate it a lot more, but that because it's like this Liga Emekis like MLS circle jerk, it's just not cool. I don't anymore. I liked it the first year. It's all for money, man. It's all for money. All I right, so it. let's get our let's get our final thoughts, uh, Lorenzo. Final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, basically, just win, baby. That's all. Just win, baby. Win, Al Davis. Pretty much, just win, baby. <laughs> just keep grinding and winning. That's all I care about. Keep stacking dubs. Dobby, you know, it's just score, score some fucking goals, please. Score some fucking goals. Make sure the goal is our fucking own, please. I I I went I went out of the stadium last week thinking we fucking lost when we fucking won one nil off an own fucking goal man come on I even texted Joe it's like it's like it doesn't even feel a win it feels like we fucking lost I even texted you Joe and you were yeah. like y- y- you agreed with me yeah lads please it, it felt weird, yeah. score and win Christian 
uh, just if there's any time for a dominant home performance, this is the one. You know, like 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 just you know, like even though like I'll happily take three points last week, it was you know, it was with a grain of salt, and I don't want any grain of salt. I want copious amounts of sugar this week. So just goals, dominant home win, and then go into this two game home uh, two two game away trip with uh, some momentum and some confidence, and maybe even grab some points out there and push yourself up the table and make yourself a contender. Well, I, I like to add one more thing. Please sign a fucking striker. Holy fuck, it is not that hard, David Lee. Sign a goddamn striker, please. I second that. I, I mean, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say it's not that hard because it's pretty hard to find a good striker. But at the same time, you're gonna be waiting until July for that one, Davi. I'm sorry, you're not getting that before April. I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep saying this until we actually sign a fucking striker. All right. So, Coach Joe's Thanks. final thoughts are more of a fun fact. Back in the summer of 2012, I served as a. Uh, graduate intern when i was a student at west virginia university i was a graduate intern with dc united youth camps during the summer so i spent the entire summer going to rf the old rfk schlepping from morgantown west virginia to dc uh washington dc to go to, to dc united for like three days a week for the entire summer um which is why i'm wearing a dc united kit right now I, i'm a kit collector but I, this one is special because it was for my summer with dc before nycfc was a club so I want to beat the fuck out of these guys because that was one of the worst summers of my life. I was fucking unpaid fucking slave labor. Um, I <laughs> want to put the ball in the back of the net over and over and over and over. I want another repeat of the 6-0 victory in 2021. Fuck DC. Yeah. Fuck RFK. Fuck that commute. Let's go, you boys in blue. Come on, you boys in blue. And as always, New York is blue.